0: This morning, we begin a new series of messages as we launch off uh, in the days leading up to spring. With springtime at the door, temperatures uh, are appearing to rise. Today is kind of an anomaly, but uh, the flowers are blooming, uh, the, the trees are blooming, and we are seeing beginnings of Signs of life everywhere, and to me, this is the most exciting time of the year when this happens here in the valley, because it is such a beautiful place when all of the foliage foliage begins to emerge. However, despite all the positive things that we see around us, Americans are facing major challenges. The the water around us is loaded with sharks, and it's not even Shark Week. Um, (laughs) The Pew Research Center recently did a poll and said these these are the most critical times in America's history and highlighted the events that are causing distress or challenge to Americans. They say there's more details and more challenges to face right now than at any time in current memory. Let me highlight some of them quickly. Drug addiction is viewed as a major challenge here in our region. We know that homelessness in our region is a real issue. People are even being bused to our city now and dropped off, as you probably know. And uh, racism is a real problem in our community You and I believe that everyone is of incredible value and no one is better than anyone else. We believe that everyone is the same in God's eyes. The illegal immigration, even as I speak this morning, President Biden's policy to open the borders has caused a tremendous challenge that we will soon find out how much of effect it will bring to our region. The reopening of the schools and the inability for kids to be in a classroom and to grow has caused major cycles of depression among the students in America, and it's a major challenge. The COVID fears and questions that people have, should I get a shot, should I not get a shot, what what are they going to put in me, and on and on. The violence in our cities, even in Portland, uh, again, last evening, uh, riots and fires and so forth, uh, the defunding of police is a real challenge in our nation. Seattle and Minneapolis and other major cities are now seeing the, the effect of the colossal blunder to, to attempt to defund police. Our dissatisfaction with government that is not a personal opinion, I'm just saying it's widespread. People are angry about issues with government. You and I know that government is never the answer, God is the answer and His word is the only solution. And healthcare with its difficulties and challenges that people are facing and then of course the media bias. Where media tech people are telling you what you can read, what you can't read, what you can say and what you cannot say, and we are in very unusual waters. May I ask, how can a person or a family navigate through all of these issues and make it to the goal line that they would like to see themselves at? Do you have a, de- a goal for a desired outcome for your life? I hope you do. If you don't have a goal, you're in trouble because you'll you'll miss the target every time if you don't have a goal. I wonder if we're going to let the conditions of, uh, of chaos around us influence us, or will we take to heart what God's word says in our golden text for this series. Proverbs 21 Verse 30 and 31, there is no wisdom, there is no insight, there is no plan that can succeed against the Lord. His plans are going to prevail, praise God. And, and uh, then at the, the, the next verse says, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. I'm, re- I'm reminded this morning that you can have great confidence in what God says about the outcome of the fight we're in. If you were flying an airplane this morning and you were the pilot and you're trying to get to the great city of Chicago, you would, you, you would have to set your compass for that heading and you would have to head due east from here and if you deviate and decide you, you want to go south or you want to go north, you're going to find out that you're not going the right direction. And, of course, you and I may have to change due to atmospheric conditions or climate matters. However, you and I must stay focused on the goal and if we're going to get where we want to go. Now, how is it possible that two people, perhaps even sitting next to each other here in this audience or watching online, one of them is filled with hope and optimism because they believe the promises of God pertaining to themselves, Meanwhile, someone sitting even perhaps next to them is filled with doubt and gloom and fear is knocking at the door, even prevailing within them. How is it possible that two people in the same atmosphere can have such divergent ideas about the future? Why is that? You know, if you and I are going to succeed in life and please the Lord and honor him and be able to rise above the challenges, you and I must be people that understand what God has called us to. If you're going to succeed in the middle of all of the challenges, first of all, you must learn to trust your instrument panel. You must learn to trust the instrument panel. On July 16th, 1999, John F. Kennedy Jr., the son of President John F. Kennedy, was flying his Piper pa 332 airplane from New Jersey to Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. John Kennedy was in the plane with his wife Carolyn and her sister Lauren. They left at 8.38 p.m. from the New Jersey airport and about 9.41, Kennedy lost control of the plane because of the fog he could not see. He was not rated to fly by instrument only, And so he got mixed up. He didn't know what to do. Eventually, he crashed nose down into the sea. And um, the National Transportation Board concluded later that it was pilot error caused by failure to trust his instruments. The instruments were saying one thing, but he said, no, 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 it feels better if I go this way or this way. And he crashed, and all of them were drowned and Navy divers recovered the bodies on July 21. How tragic. What is your instrument guide today? Is it your gut? Is it old ideas? Or is it the word of God? I wanna remind you that if we're gonna succeed in these challenging hours, God's word must be the final authority in your life. I've concluded that God's word has such depth in its word that there is an amazing, amount of anointing that can be found just even in simple verses. I begin this morning by sharing 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14 through 16. Paul writes to the young evangelist Timothy, but as for you continue in what you have learned and become convinced of. Just chew on that for a moment. You've learned the word and it's enabled you to become convinced of it, of its truth. Because you know those from whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and training in righteousness. You learn the Scriptures, and it becomes a convincing tool of the Spirit within us. You know, if you have a little gadget at home, Bonnie, uh, Bonnie loves gadgets and um, one of the gadgets we have is this, this automatic thing that you put on a can. Maybe it's, maybe it's a baked beans or something. You just put the thing on there and you push the button and you don't touch it. You just watch it work and it goes all the way around. What a cool gadget. And we have all kind of gadgets in our house. You probably do as well. Once you have a gadget you trust, you use it, and you, you say it's going to work every time. But the word of God is more than a gadget the word will make you wise. May I ask for what purpose? The Bible says he'll make you wise for salvation. Now the, as we read this scripture, he'll make you wise for salvation. Do you know what the word salvation means? Some people say, well it's just about getting saved and going to heaven. But the word, salva- the very word in its original meaning, in the Greek meaning of salvation means deliverance, healing, and victory. Now think about what you and I might need this morning in other sectors of our journey. We all need moments where we need divine intervention, where we need deliverance, where we need healing or assurance of victory. The word of God will make you wise unto God's delivering power. Paul said, it's God breathe. You know, it's the very life of God that comes to you through the word. It's the life of God. It is the expression of God's wisdom and character. I was listening to the word this morning, finishing off a bagel and some eggs. And uh, you know what? The Bible told us that God sees and watches even the ants. I had forgotten about that. I don't like ants. But he sees them and knows where they all are. It's just amazing that a God so wise, so powerful, and you and I say, well, he doesn't see me, he doesn't know anything about me. Man, if he's watching the ants, do you think he doesn't know what's going on with you? His expression of wisdom and character is therefore able to provide protection, power, and provision when needed. He said it's useful. Literally, it's a life force. Do you know anything about fatigue in this audience? I'm starting to understand a little bit more about that. And I want to tell you something. There are moments that human physical fatigue can make you weaken your spirit or your emotion. You and I need to be very careful to understand the power of God's breath that comes through his word. Because there's energy, there is a flow just as it's been in the past. Now on railroad cars and trains and subway stations all around our country, graffiti is everywhere. I remember a day when people get arrested for doing something like that. Those days are long gone. But there's a wicked spirit loosed in our culture, seeking to identify thoughts and make you see what they want you to see and hear what they want you to hear. About their group or their club or their lifestyle and so forth they're trying to tell their story with graffiti and we understand that will you let the chaos of the world around you paint the walls of your spirit or inflict your mind with ideas of what they would like to tell you I want to remind you you are God's masterpiece and he doesn't make any second-class citizens God's word must be the final authority. We're talking about your instruments that you use to believe what God wants you to do. Now notice in addition that God's word is going to inspire and instruct you. It will inspire those that listen to it and it will instruct you on things you need to do and things you shouldn't do. Now I'm, I marvel at the wisdom of God in his word. If you study Hebrews chapter 4, for instance, it's a study about unbelief. Hebrews 4 talks about people that begin to push back and say, you know what, I'm tired of doing that. And God tells in that, pass- in that entire passage in Hebrews 4 about the cost of unbelief and what will happen. There's not going to be any rest for those people that withdraw and pull back in disbelief. But in the middle of that, right at the conclusion of the, of the writer's thoughts in, in Hebrews four verse 12, we see this majestic statement from God. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double, double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and intent of the heart, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. There's great inspiration, but also a lot of fear that comes when you read that. You go, "Uh uh-oh. There's nothing that can hide in my heart that he doesn't see. He sees everything. So the word is so powerful. As you and I think about these things, the word of God discerns and defines the difference between my spirit and God's spirit. It helps me to see that in moments of weariness he wants to penetrate. It's alive and active. It will energize and help me. God's word will awaken the life of God in you. So read the word of God, declare it, believe it, trust the instruments that God has placed. And you know what will happen? The word of God will expose tricks that the enemy is trying to plant in your mind. Phobia, fear, concerns, uncertainty about tomorrow. You can enter God's rest. You know, if you're finding yourself grumpy and on edge, I just want to tell you right now, this is a trick from the enemy, and it's time to let the word of God say, hey, Cut that out, just divide between soul and spirit, between emotion and, and, and my, my, my spirit, so you could speak to me and tell me, and he'll do just that. I want to remind you that victory that you desire is not far away. Amen. It's here, the victory is here. It's as close as God's presence. I love this passage of scripture. I think it's a great key to people's protection and success in, in their journey. Proverbs four, verse 20. I'm reading from the King James Version. My son, attend to my words. Pay attention to the instrument panel. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. If you're driving down the road and you've got the uh, You know, the device on to tell you how to get to somebody's place or some location. You better follow the directions. Sometimes she's wrong, but usually she's right. (laughs) Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health. Or one definition says medicine to all their flesh. There's moments of time you and I will need medicine from God and it's found in his word standing on the promises like we sang this morning. You must trust your instrument panel. I only have two points this morning. Here's the second one. You must fill your word, your world, with proper words. You must fill your world with proper words. Now one of the great truths of being a Christ follower, is that you can change your situation. Nothing in life is permanent but the word of God. Now, some of you need a new attitude, a new direction, a new way of viewing your your current situation. You need hope, you need wisdom to see. I'm here to just invite you to get in agreement quickly with what God sees about you. So I want to just remind you, your world is formed by your words, by your words. I'm hearing, just in listening to people talk in current reality, this COVID scares me to death. I'm hearing, America will never be the same again. I'm hearing, I don't think I'll ever be safe again. I'll never be happy again because of all these things. Our kids will never be the same again. On and on. With all respect, you and I are likely in the situation you are in today largely because of what you have said in days gone by. Remember, Israel was not in their homeland. They'd been slaves of Pharaoh for hundreds of years. Miraculously, God delivered them from that place. They were vulnerable. They didn't have an army. They were worried. They were fearful. They were no match to anyone who was a predator. They were charting in unknown territory. You and I can probably relate to some of these statements. They were needy, and they needed divine protection. And they needed provision from God. Look what happened in Exodus 13, verse 20. Exodus 13, verse 20. By leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. And by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And at night, in a pillar of fire to give them light. If you study the book of Numbers, it'll tell you that sometimes God didn't move. The cloud just stayed there, and that was a sign, don't go any further, you're staying here today. Sometimes it would mean they would stay there for a month or even a year, the Bible says in Numbers. And at night by a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Well, what size would a cloud have to be to protect them from the broiling sun in that... I mean, you're talking about two million people. Pretty strong cloud. What kind of a fire would have to be there to keep them warm at night and protected? Pretty big stuff. And you know what? It never left them for what? Forty years, not one day, did God fail to keep his promise. Now... Just be inspired, God hasn't changed. He's still the same God that knows how to cover you, protect you, guide you, to provide for every need. Let's give him thanks for that this morning. Thank you, Lord. And there's an, I said you you know our words frame our world. Literally set the border for how we're living and what we're experiencing. Let me give you a, a reference point for this statement. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33, Jesus is teaching and he said, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. And make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad for a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? It's impossible for you to say good things if you got wickedness in your heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Let me repeat that, for the mouth will speak what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty or lifeless word that they have spoken. For by your words, by your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. In other words, your words have the power to set you free, or your words have the power to enslave you. Quite an amazing thing. So Jesus declares absolutes regarding our future. Many you will meet are waiting for something to happen. Oh God, do something. Oh God, make something happen. Here's how to make something happen. Put God's word in your heart. Begin to speak what God says about you and it will be what your speech will focus on. I wanna pass this, just go over this passage for a moment. Jesus tells us some important things about what we say. The lazy man makes excuses for his circumstances and out comes those words. No one's ever helped me. I'm just so confused. The inspired man brings forth inspiration from his heart. The depressed man echoes depressive thoughts and that's all he can see. That's all that comes out, negativity. By your words, you'll be acquitted, and by your words, you'll be condemned. A motivated man brings forth motivation. A happy man brings forth joy from his heart. What have you been talking about lately? What things have you said to your spouse or those that are closest to you? Have you been giving life-sharing words, life-hopeful words, or are you grumpy and grinding? on? It? May God help us. Remember, whatever's in the heart in abundance, help me now, comes out the mouth. So simple facts here. Invest your time listening to Jesus. Fall in line with what his words say. Grow in your relationship and repeat what he says. Your world is framed by your words. In addition, your future is painted by what you permit into your heart. Your future is painted by what you permit in your heart so let me just ask you think about the pictures on the wall of your heart this morning what, what kind of pictures do you have inside that are the ones that you kind of visit on a frequent basis maybe they're in the hallway of your house and you see them coming in your house and going out and you see this picture you see that and you go oh boy that was a great day look at those precious kids look at on and on the pictures of your heart What memories do you permit to stay inside of you? Failure? Frustration? Fear? What pain do you rehearse that you experienced yesterday? I hate to extend myself, hate to talk. They'll just embarrass me and put me down and on and on. Or do you go forth and say, you know what? God is with me. He's for me. I'm not worried about tomorrow. What words do you often repeat? Just think about it. Decide what pictures you will permit On the inside. Now, as I conclude this morning, watch and listen to Jesus entering the temple, announcing his spirit filled ministry. Oh, these are beautiful words. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, Jesus announced, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom. For the prisoners and the recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It's go time. The checkered flag at that Daytona has just gone down, and they are racing. Jesus said, my ministry is going forth, and this is what I'm going to do. The anointing on Jesus reveals his purpose, to preach the gospel to the poor. What is the gospel? The word, his word, the good news, to preach the gospel to the poor, to the broken, to the afflicted, to heal those that are bruised. And oppressed. God knows how to heal your heart. He knows how to heal your memories, to open the spiritual eyes of those who are blinded and bound by Satan, and to proclaim the time of true freedom. And then he sat down. This day, this is fulfilled in your ears. He is so magnificent. He is so amazing. Everything he does, everything he says, I'm just filled with awe and wonder and say, Jesus, I want more of you flowing in my life. Only Jesus can heal your heart. Not pills, not a bottle. Jesus and his word and his truth. If you're fearful and troubled right now, draw from him. If you're concerned about tomorrow, with all of the mess that's all around us, draw from Him assurance. From Him, let's possess dreams that are bigger than our memories. Our memories—some time ago, been through some stuff. Every one of us has been through stuff, but we need to latch hold of dreams that tell us of the greatness of the future that is before us. Paint those things on the wall of your spirit. Jesus said these life-giving words in John 7, 38. Whoever believes in me, present active tense, not believed past tense, but believes active tense. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture hath said or declared, rivers of living water will flow from within them he did not say unless there's covid unless there's sharks are all around unless there's financial uncertainty there's no there's no parentheses if any man would believe in me as i have declared out of that person's innermost being is going to flow rivers of living water that's what we want that's what we're looking for charting your course I want the flow of God's presence flowing out of me. How about you? That's where the life is that we want. Many are concerned about their present and their future. Let the truth of God, let the truth of God penetrate your spirit. I buried a precious man many years ago. Some of you may remember him. His name was Roy Bottoms. He was in his 90s, and uh, this was maybe 18 or 19 years ago. I said, Ray, how you doing? Roy, how are you doing this morning? He'd say, Pastor, my cup is overflowing. I'm drinking from the saucer. He said the same thing to me every day. My cup is overflowing. If any man believes in me, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. As a Christ follower today, what will you permit in your life? And what will you not permit? The good man out of his heart brings forth life. The good man out of his heart brings forth the truth of what's been put in there. Oh, what a prosperous future we have in God. You, can, you and I can say, he is with me, he is for me, he's gonna make all the difference in me, no matter what kind of trouble is around me, I believe what God says, that he is going to do great things. Hallelujah, great things, great things, great things. Before we change the order, I just want to make a special announcement. Some of you are new followers in Jesus. Some of you have not had a foundation of faith. And although you maybe even sat in the house of God for a long time, you just are not real sure of some basic things that will help you in your walk with Jesus. We're starting a new class for Christ followers that would like to have a foundation to stand upon for the future It's going to be held every Sunday at 10 o'clock starting today. Right through these doors, there's room E is there and uh, anointed people are there to help us and to grow with us and it's going to be a great time for freedom and proper foundation. I want to invite you to stand with me in the presence of the Lord this morning. I believe, did you hear me? I said I believe that God is working. I believe that if you've asked him, he will work in you and through you. He's waiting for your invitation. He's waiting for your saying, Lord, I want your presence to work in me. I want you to do something in me so powerful and so so mind-boggling so that when I speak, instead of speaking out of frustration and speaking out of all of the stuff that seemingly can can confront us from time to time, I'm going to speak what you say because I realize there's no plan that will succeed against your plan. Victory is the Lord's. And so today, Father, we humble ourselves before you and we acknowledge we have need of your word. We have need of your promises being what we would focus on for our instrument panel And when we see that something is in the way of a warning from your word, we will heed that warning. You will speak to us through your word because your word is alive and it's active. Even in moments when fatigue sets in, you're going to help us. You're going to lift us. We thank you for that. And this morning we pause. We just pause to say thank you for all you've done in days gone by. For every victory through the challenges that people in this audience and those that are watching online have experienced. Fearful, terrible days have turned to golden rays of sunshine because you are a God who knows how to turn even bad things into promising things for the future. And so for every day that you've met us in the past, we pause to say, thank you, Lord. And we refuse to grow weary in doing good. We're going to press on. We're going to focus on what your word says. And we're going to believe every promise of God. And I thank you Lord for this wonderful People's Church family, thank you for your hand of mercy. Thank you for your anointing upon each home. Thank you, Lord, for all you have done, but the best days are still ahead of us as we chart our course for the future. We know that the promises of God make our future bright, and so we thank you that you are working. You are working on our behalf, and we thank you, Lord, for these...